to him that overcometh a crown of life shall be he with the king of glory shall reign eternally first samuel chapter 17 and verse 32 <clears throat> and david said to saul let no man's heart fell because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, <clears throat> the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with thee, with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in, in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in, a, in a, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Stand in his strength alone. That's what David did. But he didn't want or need Saul's armor. He only needed the Lord. All right. So, last week we spoke about Jesus Christ being the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And today will be a second lesson about the King of kings. All right. We notice in 1 John 5, 3. Let's flip over there. Let's start right there. 1 John, not regular John, but 1 John. Chapter 5 and verse 1. 1 John 5, 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And every one that loveth him that beget loveth him also that is begotten of him. 
By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? Verse 5, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son, that he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not hath not hath made God him... He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. All right. I want us to remember that naturally we are sinners. Because of Adam and Eve's fall, disobedience in the Garden of Eden. I want us to remember that Adam represented all of us. He was the head of the human race. A lot of people uh, that I know even don't believe in using the term headship, but I believe that it's biblical, and we'll see that some this morning. Adam was the head of the human race. We inherited from him a separation from God or the death that he experienced in the Garden of Eden. So we just read that he has, that doesn't have the Son is none of his. Jesus Christ is also our head. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That doesn't just mean that he has more authority than any other king or any other little L Lord because there is no other Lord. We just read where there's only three and they are one. But it means that he has control over all kings and all in authority under him too. All right. We are under the curse of Adam because Adam was the head of the human race. We are under that curse naturally. Oh, but when God saves us, He defeats the enemy. He is our head. And I wanted us to notice uh, a few things about uh, our king. David was a type of Jesus Christ. He was a shepherd at the time uh, that he came down and met Goliath. I want us to notice a few things about this king. All right. Of course, back over in 1 Samuel 
17. We won't go into a lot of detail, but let's just say that uh, Goliath was a giant. Some people, historians tell us that there were four giants in his family besides him, making five. He was nine foot tall, over nine foot tall. You remember when Israel wanted a king? They asked the prophet for a king. He talked to the Lord. The Lord said, okay, if they want a king, give them a king. And they did. And through Samuel, Saul was chosen by God. Remember, he wasn't no little person either. Saul stood above most of the men himself. Who was it? Well, let me say this. Why did they want a king? If you remember, they wanted a king to fight their battles for them, to fight their enemy for them. That's why they wanted a king. The other nations around them had kings to fight for them. So who should have gone out and fought Goliath? The king. It should have been Saul that went out and fought Goliath. He was in the office of kingship. He was the king. He should have gone out and fought, but he was afraid. Why was he afraid? Because his trust was in his ability. Now along came this little young ruddy shepherd who wasn't trusting in himself, but was trusting in the Lord. All right, the Lord of hosts. So here we see Goliath, this giant, and there were giants in those days. What did David say about him? Verse 26, David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? You'd already heard him say it. Verse 25, the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel as he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king, will enrich him with great riches and give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Now here is David, the shepherd, that came down to check on the brothers. And he hears this and he said, David spake to the men that stood by him saying, What? What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? And taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now here's the man of God. He's not afraid of Goliath. He doesn't care how tall Goliath is. He doesn't care that there's two of them. One of them's carrying the shield because he's had a history with fighting battles for the Lord. He's had a history of trusting in the Lord and seeing success. He's not afraid of him. Who is this? uncircumcised Philistine, this person who's not even in the family of God. Who is he? Basically, he was saying, 
He's nobody. He's nobody to face against God's people. Verse 34, David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard, and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, who has no authority to cry against the people of God, shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of who? The living God. The living God. Then, to keep uh, any pride at bay, because he just said, I delivered the sheep from the bear. I delivered the sheep from the lion. And David said, moreover, oh, by the way, more important, understand the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Notice in verse 43, the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. How much power did the Philistines' little g gods have against David? To curse David? None. None. I'm getting to my points in a roundabout way this morning, but sometimes it's like that. Verse 45, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. You remember who met Joshua at the walls of Jericho? It was the captain of the army of the Lord of the hosts, wasn't it? It was him. And David fights in his name. The God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day under the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. A few things I want to notice here. David had total confidence in God. He had none in Saul's armor. He had none in his physical ability. But he knew that God fought his battles for him. He trusted in the Lord. I want us to notice, this day, verse 46, will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand and take thine head from thee. Take thy head from thee. I've already been talking a little bit about headship. How that we are under the headship of our fallen father, Adam. Today the Lord shall deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day 
unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. There were a lot of people there watching this battle. And a lot of them were hidden in their tents. David was a type of Jesus Christ. All through his life, was he a sinner? Yes. He was also a man after God's own heart, wasn't he? And there was a spiritual shepherd that would come from his lineage, if you will, and sit on his throne. And that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And all the assembly, verse 47, shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. How important it is for us to learn that. The battle is the Lord's. We simply obey Him and go where He points us to go. The battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near, drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine. Where? In his head. In his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. I want you to notice this morning that Jesus Christ has smote the enemy. Where did God say in the Garden of Eden that the seed of the woman would bruise on the serpent? His head. His head. We are no longer under the headship of Adam. Why? Because we have a new head and he's a king above all kings. Verse 50, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. And he smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Just a sling. So what did he do? Verse 51, Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and he took his sword, Goliath's sword, and he drew it out of the sheath thereof. It might have taken all his strength to raise that sword up. But he wasn't in his strength, was he? No, he was in the strength of the Lord of hosts. And he cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. King Jesus is our head. We are under His headship now. We are not under the sin curse. Why? Because Jesus became a curse for us. It was required of God the Father that a righteous man die for God's people that He had given to the Son before the council halls of eternity. Jesus has cut off the head of your enemy. 
I want you to notice that. Goliath lived by the sword and he died by his own sword, didn't he? We are no longer bound to sin. Are we still sinners? We are. But does it rule over us? It does not. Because we have a king who is now our head. If we are in Jesus Christ, saved by His grace, by the free gift of life that He's given us, the head of the enemy has been bruised by the seed of the woman. You see that? The head of the enemy has been cut off. No more authority over you. No more power over you in your life. Now we have the strength and power of Jesus Christ and the comforter that He sent when He saved you. That is the Holy Spirit in your heart. Oh, as our King and our Head, He gives us guidance. Let's read the scripture over here in Isaiah. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. In verse 10, Isaiah 58:10 says, And if thou draw out thy soul to hungry, to the hungry, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee, how often? Continually. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought. We're in a drought in this nation today. A spiritual drought. We're in a drought in the world today. A spiritual drought. Oh, but the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in this drought with living water. And make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Oh, that's my prayer this morning, that each of us would be like a watered garden. What does it do? What does a watered garden do? It grows, doesn't it? It grows and it produces life-giving fruit. That's how we should be. Oh, how we should stand strong this morning knowing, and we do know, that the head of our enemy has been cut off. No longer are we led about by any doctrine, are we? No. No, we're not. We know the truth. We know the truth that we... We're in darkness. And God has shined His light in our hearts. He continually supports us. 
He continually guides us. He comforts us. We need comfort, don't we? We really do. And our King knows what we need. He gives us guidance, comfort, and growth. Even our thoughts, He gives us. Take a look at Proverbs. I'm actually going to start in uh, chapter 15, 29. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but He hears the prayers of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuses instruction despises his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. 16.1, the preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. David's defeat of Goliath, it was from the Lord, wasn't it? Absolutely. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, verse 2, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. He knows it's inside and out, doesn't he? He's our king. Verse 3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Are you like me? You have trouble with thoughts? Isn't that where honoring the Lord begins? Isn't that where following Jesus and being like Him starts? It does. It's in the mind, doesn't it? And the wisest men to ever live. It says, if you commit your works unto the Lord, thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord hath made all things for Himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Oh, won't we follow Him? He is our King we are His subjects. He is our head. We are no longer under the headship of Adam. We are under the headship of the second Adam. First Adam failed. The second Adam succeeded. And He did so on your behalf. Stand strong on King Jesus today. Because He has all power in heaven and on earth. And He lives within you. And He's for your success. He's for your growth. He loves you. When you depend on Him, it doesn't matter what the battle is. You're the winner. You're the winner because He has all power, all strength. Won't you depend on Him this morning? Trust in our King, Jesus. Not be afraid and hide in our tents. Away from the enemy. No, but know 
that God fights all of our battles. He's between us and whatever issues we face. The issues we face are not between us and Him. And we should not allow them to be. Whatever we face, don't let them keep you from seeking the Lord and committing your works to Him. And even your thoughts will be established. And that by our Lord.